Peter is reciting the scriptures, bringing back to the remembrance what God had already said. But he's trying to keep not just keep them in the prophetic thought of what was said, but he's trying to push them into the present of what God is doing. And not just in what God is doing in the present, but let them understand and see that it's not just for you, but your sons and your daughters, their sons and their daughters, and so on and so forth. So he's trying to pull them from the past, bring, take them to the past for their remembrance. So they can say hallelujah and say, oh man, God did say that. Get them in the present, amen. They go, oh glory. And we're going to see what happens when they get in the present. But also let them know it's not just for now, not just for us when we die, it's done. No, no, no. But look to the future. That's why he talks about visions and dreams. Look to the future and see what God is going to do. In the old covenant, amen, it was a set standard, hallelujah. Only the men could do certain things, hallelujah. And then whenever we read, read in the Bible, even you, you look in the book of Judges and see Rebecca, amen, you oh, that's odd. Got a woman judge? Oh, the nation of Israel, what's up with that? that even right then, there was a little inkling that God was going to be doing something different. Continually. Just a little bit different. I'm going to disrupt the norm. I, I know you think it can only be men. And I know you think of judges, amen, leaders of the armies of Israel at the appointed time to do what they need to be doing. So they must be men of strength and power. But even in that, amen, God didn't always pick the strongest. He didn't always pick what was considered the best military mind. No, 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 no. Sometimes, amen, he picked somebody that was, even they considered themselves worth. Same Peter that's standing here now, the, the text that I'm going through, that same Peter, amen, hallelujah, that denied him three times, that, that same Peter that said, Lord, I, I, I give my life for you, that same Peter, amen, now he was out. Why didn't they renounce the Lord? Because besides walking with him and hearing him, amen, hallelujah, they had something called faith. Everybody's faith wanes from time to time. Everybody wonders whether or not they're doing the right thing or they're going in the right direction from time to time. And that's what happened to them. But they took another step of faith. They heard the Lord was calling for them. And so they showed up. Yeah, they may have showed up a little shaken, a little fearful, like, I'm not sure about this, you know. If everybody finding out we're, we're, we're meeting with, I mean, but isn't he dead? Well, no, they said he's alive. Are you sure? Well, remember when he told us? Yeah, yeah, but come on now. Even though they had seen him rise Lazarus from the dead, even though, amen, they had seen him raise a, a, a child, amen, from the dead, they, they was on the way, hallelujah, to the cemetery. The Bible said the widow and her only child. But yet they did show up. Why didn't they run? Because there was something inside of them that says, I'm going to take one more step of faith. And aren't you glad they did? We know they are. Because that step of faith, amen, took them to the upper room. That step of faith, amen, got them endowed with the Holy Spirit. That step of faith, amen, began to move them from the prophetic time, amen, to their present time. And we know that because of that step of faith, amen, they did not renounce the Lord. No longer did they run anymore. It, let me take that back. They did run, but they no longer were running their way. They started running to. 
They started running to the devil, amen, and what he was doing. They began to prophesy against what the devil was doing. They began to teach against what the devil was saying and, 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 and spreading around the kingdom, amen, based on the kingdom of God. Why? Because they had become under the influence of the Holy Spirit. See, don't you see that when the Holy Spirit uh, begins to influence your life, amen, it changes, uh, Lord help me, he changes who you are. You begin to do things you never thought you would do. You begin to say things, amen, you never thought you would say. Hallelujah. It empowers you, amen, to rebuke sickness, illness, and disease. He empowers you, amen, to stand amongst a bunch of unbelievers and declare the word of the living God. It empowers you, amen, hallelujah, to begin to, amen, to walk into places you never thought you'd walk. Hallelujah. When you're under the influence, you begin to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. But if you read everything Peter said, it didn't stop with the good news. It also went to that that some might call the bad stuff. Again, it kind of reminds me of what Moses said in Deuteronomy 28. You know Deuteronomy 28. Moses is, knows he's getting ready to be separated from the people, knows he's getting ready to die. And so before he does, he gathers the tribes, I mean, he brings them all together and he begins to recite to them in Deuteronomy 28 all that the Lord has spoken over Israel, all the way from the very beginning to the present day. And then he went past it in Deuteronomy 28. He says, and if you do not keep this covenant. See, that's the part a lot of folks want to deal with. They want to be with the blessings and, and God's going to do this and God's going to. But what if you don't? What if I stand in this pulpit, amen, and, 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 and I'm teaching, thus saith the word of God. I'm preaching, thus saith the word, but I'm not living that thing. I become a Matthew 7 individual. What about that side of it? In other words, what about the unbeliever? What about, what about the scoffers? What about the deniers? Moses said in Deuteronomy 28 that if they fail to keep the covenant, that God had given them, the destruction would come upon them. As Peter is standing there, Joel didn't only talk about visions and dreams and prophecy, but he also said this, next to the prophecies and visions and dreams, what? He said there will be blood and fires, bellows of smoke. He talked about the sun being turned to darkness and the moon turning to blood. Anybody Heard that term lately? Blood moons. Hallelujah. These signs would be seen not by a few, but universally all over the world. He said both, he said both in the heavens and on the earth below. He said it would include, this is Joel speaking, I'm just, and I'm just paraphrasing this. Amen. He said, amen, that the, the, uh, the, the things will begin to happen, amen, with the sun and the moon. Joel said, amen. Hallelujah. And Peter recited, amen, the stars will begin to fall, amen, from the heavens. All of these signal, amen, a coming age. I would venture to say that we are in that time frame now. Yes. We're in that season now. But Jesus himself also spoke of these things. 
See, they, you, you can't speak of these things unless you have, you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because in your natural, man, you're not want, going to want to talk about these things. In the natural, you want to talk about the baseball game and the football game and how much you love your husband and your wife. You want to talk about, amen, what you plan on doing for Mother's Day and Father's Day and Christmas. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm trying to get us to understand, amen, that when you're under the influence of God, you want to speak those things that will impact this world. You want to speak those things, amen, concerning the kingdom of God. Because our mission, amen, is to not just be me, you, just a few, and oh, praise the Lord. But no, our mission is to take the word of God, amen, it says, into the world. That somebody else might be healed, that somebody else might be saved. My God. And even the Lord, as I was saying, spoke of these things. To the point, amen, it said, amen, Jesus talked about the fact that the sun would be darkened and the moons would not give us light. The stars would fall from the sky and heavenly bodies would be sh shaken. He said this, all of this will take place before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Hallelujah. What Peter was trying to say in all of this is he would bring in all these things in. Hallelujah. He wanted to communicate, amen, that the day of Pentecost was a day of hope. The, the day of Pentecost, amen, was a day of revelation. The day of Pentecost, amen, was a day, amen, to be celebrated and understood that there is an opportunity for you and for I, hallelujah, to get something from God that we otherwise could not get. And in this dying world today, amen, I'm going to tell you what we need today is some hope. What we need today, amen, we don't need any more feel-good ministry about, you know, how much God loves us. We know how much God loves us, but what am I, how am I going to deal with the issues of life today? How do I deal with, amen, my children running amok, my husband running amok, my wife running amok. How do I deal with, amen, the every street corner, amen, take that back. For every school, saying like, now kids are killing kids in our school. How do I deal with that? What do I tell my children? Hallelujah. How do I deal with the issues of life? We deal with it <coughs> through hope. Either you're going to be a seeker or a scoffer. When Peter began to speak these things, what did the crowd say? They said this, what does all of this mean? For those that were seekers, it meant grace had been poured out upon us. For those, amen, they were rejecting the good news of Jesus Christ. For those, amen, hallelujah, that would turn away from the Lord. It meant that they were marking themselves, not God. They were marking themselves to go to a place that God had never intended for them. The Holy Spirit means hope. And it means hope for everybody. As Peter begins to close in his statement, in his argument, all of this, amen, is in Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. He says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Peter didn't say this, but and what he was saying in his conclusion, amen, was this. Concerning Joel's prophecy, amen, concerning what Moses had said, amen. He was emphasizing the hope in that all that call upon the name of the Lord, amen, will be saved. Here the Holy Spirit comes, amen, as, as an express uh, a move of salvation from God the Father. The word for seekers and those that are, 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 are seeking to hear the word and receive the word of the living God is an invitation. 
It's an open door. I stand at the door and knock upon every heart, every soul, every spirit, every mind. Hallelujah. I stand at the door and knock. And it's for everybody, regardless of gender, class, or race. It's for everybody. Amen. For those that are drowning in their own sin, hallelujah, this hope is for you. It's for me. It's for everybody. To all sinners who are part of the family of God, to every person that has not declared Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, there is hope for you. But it comes with a condition. It comes with a condition. You have to call upon the name of the Lord. You can't just go to a building, the church of, fill in the blank, and put your name on the church road. You can't become a 100% attender of that facility. You, it, 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 you, don't, you don't get there, amen, by being 100% tither on everything you get. You don't get there, amen, by, by being part of the praise team and the usher board and doing all the kind of works you can do in the body of Christ. That won't get you there. You have to call upon the name of the Lord. You got to make a decision for yourself, amen, that you want to not be who you are, but who God has called you to be. And you got to understand that you cannot do it in your own strength, your own power, your own intellect, amen, your own wherewithal, hallelujah. But you can only do this under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. You get saved without the Holy Spirit, but you cannot stay saved without the Holy Spirit. Because at some point, our human capacity will fail. At some point, we're going to give in to that thing. Your thing may not be my thing, and my thing not, might not be your thing, but there is something, amen, that the devil can bring to each one of us that we eventually, without the power of the living God in us, will make us say, yeah, I'm going that way now. I know you don't believe it. I know, I, I know you say, oh, you're, you, you're too sad. You're too filled with the Holy Ghost. You, you just got too much of whatever you say you got. But I'm telling you, if what you got is not the Holy Spirit of the living God, you ain't got what you need. There's a condition. Salvation for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 1. Hallelujah. So you got to hear the call. I think I'm doing good. I haven't heard no buzzer. Oh, man. <laughs> Amen, man. But, but you got to hear the call. Amen. And then you have to respond to the call. And then in our response. You got to say, I believe and I receive that Jesus Christ is God himself manifested in flesh, the son of the living God, that he died on a cross, rose on the third day, and is right now sitting at the right hand of the Father, the place of honor, interceding for you and for me. I believe that his blood covers my sin. And so you call in their own sin, hallelujah. This hope is for you. It's for me. It's for everybody. To all sinners who are part of the family of God, to every person that has not declared Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, there is hope for you. But it comes with a condition. It comes with a condition. You have to call upon the name of the Lord. You can't just go to a building, the church of, fill in the blank, and put your name on the church road. You can't become a 100% attender of that facility. You, it, 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 you, don't, you don't get there, amen, by being 100% tither on everything you get. You don't get there, amen, by, by being part of the praise team and the usher board and doing all the kind of works you can do in the body of Christ. That won't get you there. 
You have to call upon the name of the Lord. You got to make a decision for yourself, amen, that you want to not be who you are, but who God has called you to be. And you got to understand that you cannot do it in your own strength, your own power, your own intellect, amen, your own wherewithal, hallelujah. But you can only do this under influence of the Holy Spirit. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. You get saved without the Holy Spirit, but you cannot stay saved without the Holy Spirit. Because at some point, our human capacity will fail. At some point, we're going to give in to that thing. Your thing may not be my thing, and my thing not, might not be your thing. But there is something, amen, that the devil can bring to each one of us that we eventually, without the power of the living God in us, will make us say, yeah, I'm going that way now. I know you don't believe it. I know, I, I know you say, oh, you're, you, you're too sad. You're too filled with the Holy Ghost. You, you just got too much of whatever you say you got. But I'm telling you, if what you got is not the Holy Spirit of the living God, you ain't got what you need. There's a condition. Salvation is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 1. Hallelujah. So you got to hear the call. Amen. And then you have to respond to the call. And then in our response, you got to say, I believe and I receive that Jesus Christ, God himself, manifested in flesh, the son of the living God, that he died on a cross rose on the third day. And it's right now sitting at the right hand of the Father, the place of honor, interceding for you. I believe that his blood